Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Becker-Holstein, and if anybody is wondering why you can't see me, you can't see me. It's true. This has been uh, one of those virtual experiences of um, to um, get myself both visually seen by you and talking, and uh, I don't want to hold my guests any longer, so we're going to go ahead, and I will just be the audio this time. So I am, as I said, Dr. Holstein, and I have spent uh, a number of years working with a client, which is the way that we can find the best of ourselves and get in touch with our talents and our strengths and our true potential and find the resiliency that we need and hopefully a good deal of happiness mixed in no matter what we're facing in life. And of course, right now, we are facing a pandemic tied into the coronavirus, and it has created quite a bit of stress for most people around the world. Um, so certainly our enchanted selves, the happy part of ourselves, the resilient, the optimistic part, the part that draws on the endless red and energy. That part can get very tired, angry, and frustrated, and all sorts of negative feelings during a time like a pandemic. And um, what is particularly on my mind today is not so much us adults, although we all we certainly have our struggles and we deserve to be listened to just as much as any other age group. But what's on my mind today are some of the issues faced by kids, teens, and young adults. They all have many, many reactions to suddenly being facing a pandemic and perhaps being uh, schooled only in the virtual way, perhaps um, going back to live at home, maybe in an environment that wasn't so great and you were glad to be leaving it, all sorts of combinations. And as a psychologist, I have been aware already of kids experiencing many, many feelings that aren't the greatest anxieties, some depression. I believe there's even been at least one suicide across the country of a, a teenager, um, disappointments, hopelessness, all sorts of feelings, isolation. And so I thought today we could spend maybe 30 minutes or so talking about some of these issues and also suggestions and solutions um, maybe not perfect uh, solutions, but enough to help keep the enchanted self well and alive. So my guests today, and of course, I can't see any of them right now, but 
I'm just going to go from what, you know, obviously these are people that are close to me, people that have been in my films or related work. Debbie Higgins, who has produced many of my films, Megan Brown, who has been the leading girl in many of the coming-of-age selfie films that I have uh, written and directed, and um, Elena, um, cute, and I'm sorry, I better let Elena and her mom, Teresa, pronounce their last name so we get it right. Cuesta. Am I correct? You got Cuesta, yes. Cuesta. Okay. So Elena has been in some of my films, and her mom, Teresa, has been a librarian in school and as a mom. So we have a mother, a producer, we have a, a teenage girl, technically still, and a young adult. So I think I should really let you each jump in, maybe go round robin um, and get on the table some of the things you notice and you think are relevant for um, young people dealing with our dogs decided to pay a visit. <laughs> Sorry. Who do you want to have start, Barb? <laughs> Just go ahead and somebody leap in. Uh, Debbie, go ahead. You start. Right. Um, well, the, the one thing that I see with this that is a positive thing, if you can see anything positive is the fact that families are doing things the way they did back in the 1940s and 50s. They're doing puzzles together. They're cooking together. They're doing board games. They're listening to music. They're sharing television shows. And technology has kind of, in a way, taken a back seat, except for, of course, all the streaming movies that people are watching. But we're doing things more together that families have not done in many years. And that is something that I hope when this is over that we stick to that because I think it's so imperative. And of course, on the other end of the spectrum, families that are not close, this is a difficult time because as far as an abusive situation or neglect, it would probably be even worse. But let's look at the positive aspect. I've talked to a lot of people. I see a lot on Facebook and it is amazing. The creative, even just the making of the masks, families are doing that all together. Um, they're cutting each other's hair. I, I heard in stores now, besides toilet paper, it's hair cutting things. They're the big number one things coming off the shelf and hair dyes. And we're seeing people with gray hair on Facebook in ways that we never thought we'd see them. And they're natural and people don't give a damn. And that's the good thing I see. Yes, yes. I think some of those good things are absolutely going. And, and they'll stay. If they don't stay every day, you know, people don't make puzzles every weekend, they'll still stay uh, as part of the repertoire. So that's very important. And on the right. other hand, the, the people who don't get along and um, the, the people that are angry and maybe in very tight quarters and feel frustrated and then become abusive, they, these are terrible settings that... Um, you know, also go on. Uh, and I imagine to some extent they, they happen in households. Of 
know, we have to put that on the plate also as part of what's going on. Megan, right. can you go next? Uh, sure. Yeah, um, I think that kind of a, uh, a big part of like the technology aspect of the whole um, quarantine has been like, uh, I've been doing a lot of the, the non-technology based fun with my family too, which has definitely been like fun, especially since I have to, I have to use a lot of technology just to do my homework and do all the schoolwork that I'm missing like in a learning environment that I have to take care of now just on my laptop and my phone. Um, and usually what I would do is like, I would maybe after school, I would get my homework done and then I would like play video games or talk to my friends on the phone or something like that. But now I just kind of find myself like, I want to do something else that isn't technology because now it's like all I have to do. And um, so whenever I like, whenever, whenever I'm uh, on the phone with friends or anything like that, I use like technology to communicate. But a lot of the time, like, we, we would rather like be in person with each other because there's just really a connection that you're missing when it's just all over the phone and over FaceTime and stuff like that. Um, so I often, I often find myself wanting to like take breaks from technology just to do more creative things. So I don't feel like my brain's just kind of like atrophying almost. <laughs> and what, what yeah, for sure. you're doing, have you built in some ways to decompress? Um, I've just been like, drawing like usual. Um, I try to do that whenever I get a little sick of uh, playing video games or talking to people. Cause right now I'm on break, but um, when I'm doing my schoolwork, when I have school, it's uh, I'll, I'll wind up like finishing my work and just like wanting to just, I don't want to look at a screen. I don't want to watch a video. I don't want to read any more things or type any more things. I just want to and so I'll, sometimes I'll try meditating. Um, I'll just listen to music and I'll just kind of let the creative part of my brain take over. So I don't have to, um, I guess so I can just like, just like get a break from having to constantly be uh, like staring at a screen and just like getting all that, that intake and, and hearing all the news about sure. the, the virus and stuff like that. Mm. It's an interesting noise. <laughs> Oh, sorry, we had a guest here. She's yeah, making noises. Right. <laughs> oh, we'll deposit it. Oh, I'm Piper. You. Yes, I think we're having some interference that maybe isn't even part of what was working and not working for me. Um, we'll come back to you, Megan. Uh, let's go ahead and um, how about Elena speaking and then Teresa. Yeah, I can relate to a lot of what Megan said about like having to do all my schoolwork online. Everything's virtual right now. So it's good sometimes to just, you know, unwind and let that creative part of your mind kind of take over sometimes. I've been playing my guitar a lot, been learning a lot of new songs. I've been getting better at that. Uh, I go outside sometimes more often to like walks and stuff. And I think another thing that I've noticed is that uh, how much we've taken being able to go out and see other people and socialize and do things so much for granted. Um, and one thing that my friends and I are doing is every Saturday, we'll go to the Boscov's parking lot because it's deserted and we'll all park in a big circle and we'll just sit in our trunks and talk and eat lunch. It's kind of like the best that we can do, but we get to do stuff like that, which is really fun. And it's like, we we'll do stuff like this, you know, even if we could normally see each other, like that's a new fun thing that we can just do. 
and we talk on Zoom a lot. We play games on Zoom, which is really fun to do. And it's just crazy. You can't even go out into a store without wearing a mask or worrying about what's floating through the air or the piece of food that you just picked up to pay if anyone else touched that. It's just so much more to worry about. And you realize how much we take things like that for granted. Yeah. Definitely. Well, um, from my perspective as a mom, um, I worry terribly about my kids. My kids are being so responsible. My son as well. I'm really proud of them. We live with my parents who are in their 80s. So I have a huge concern there as well. Um, and I do teach in Perth Amboy Public Schools. And um, there were a lot of concerns that Barbara mentioned that were on the opposite side of what we are doing, where I have students who are um, socioeconomically deprived, uh, trouble getting internet access, having computers. Sometimes a lot of them being at school was better for them than being at home. So those issues, mostly I don't have to deal with, but I think about those kids a lot. Um, and it is kind of terrifying. And for me as an adult who's teaching from home, yeah, it's it's getting kind of stale. Like I can stare at that screen for hours and I'm not sure if what I'm doing is productive or not. It's a totally different environment on the teaching end um, to make sure that what we're doing is effective. And I'm not sure it was a whole new realm for students and, and teachers to learn about. Right, right. I think uh, there's a lot to learn and it can get stale and you know, this is not, um, not everybody is so much in favor of virtual learning. It's hard on the parents, too. They, of course, but now I think one of the benefits is they really work because just keeping one kid at the table for maybe even two or three hours a day is pretty difficult. Uh, let alone families where there are three, four, or five kids hanging around in tight quarters. You know, it's very hard. This is not really a substitute that um, is an easy one to adapt to. No, definitely. For it's sure. hard for a lot of those kids. I think yeah. that uh, our kids and Megan probably are on the really good end of the technology and being able to get their work done. Am I right, Megan? Yeah, yeah. On the positive end of that. What what yeah, do you think though about um you know virtual learning? Elena, are you did your college close down or are you doing virtual learning now? We're doing virtual learning. They extended our spring break one more week and now we're doing virtual learning. So what a lot of my teachers are doing is we have lectures on Zoom. Uh some of my teachers uh, pre-record the lectures and then post it later so you can watch it whenever you want. The workload is pretty much the same, except we have less uh, content to cover now. Um, I guess just make it easy for all the students to be able to cover everything efficiently. So we had to cut down on a few things. But other than that, it's pretty largely the same. For me, I'm a bio major, so still typing up lab reports, reading the textbook, doing the chemistry exercises all that yeah stuff, but you so. can't do lab you can't yeah. go and titrate you can't. um we can't we can't but that's a, the big thing is we can't do in the physical um lab experiments we don't have anything at home we'd have to be like groups and stuff like that so what they do is just they just give us the data so 
type up the reports and we just don't have that in-person laboratory experiment experience which kind of sucks but there's not much we can do about that and chorus and band don't get me started <laughs> oh god you that. abused you it miss, oh that's awful you miss you miss those things Elena. Yeah, a lot. I'd much rather be at school to do those things than be here. Not that I don't like being at home. I love being at home, but it's just a different environment. It's just a different way that we all have to get used to of getting our work done. We're all going through it. What, so. about, what about you, Megan? Do you do you miss some of the more physical activities and you know walking up and down the corridors and eating lunch with kids and you know other aspects of not being in school? Um, yeah, definitely. I, uh, I, I'm in a, um, a vocal technical class, so it's, uh, it's been really hard doing that class virtually. Um, it's been watching videos of my teacher singing and playing the piano and having to just go off of that to learn the songs and stuff. But like, it's, it's just not quite the same because, uh, it was a really good learning experience to be able to physically see like all of the the things that happen when you have to sing correctly, uh, like classically. Um, and when you're being trained classically, it's really hard to go without seeing the physical, uh, the physical movement that goes into the, te like the technique of singing. Um, so that's a really difficult thing to cover virtually. Um, and I, I do miss a lot of the people that I went to school with, um, especially since I, I just transferred to that school this year. Um, and I made those new friends, and now I haven't been able to finish out my senior year there. So, but yeah. And what what happens with some of the formalities? Are you? Is there any substitute for prom or graduation or anything? They haven't really come up with a solution or an answer for that yet. Um, so I I think we all are still waiting to see how that plays out. Mm -hmm. Same at my high school. In my college, um, confirmed that we're going to have a live graduation, but we don't know when or where that's going to be. But that's for the seniors, so we'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have any friends, uh, any of you, the four of you, any friends that um, you worry a little bit about how they're handling, um, you know, the pan pandemic? Uh, I just open that as an open question as you see people dealing with their emotions and stuff. Um, well, I definitely worry about a couple of my friends who weren't, they weren't doing well during the school year, even before the, the pandemic. And obviously being stuck at home and having nothing to do but schoolwork is not going to help that. Um, and then also I've just seen, you know, in the beginning, towards the beginning, less, less now, but I've seen a lot of people who were kind of ignoring the social distancing thing and we're still going out. We're still like, they're like, well, it's not going to affect us. We're fine. But like, I just, I feel like that's a very irresponsible attitude to be taking about the situation. The best thing you can do is stay home and not spread anything or catch anything. Yeah. The main thing about that is that people think like, you know, oh, I feel fine. I'm probably fine. But not all the time when you're carrying it, you don't, sh you, um, you don't show symptoms. 
and I think I was gonna say oh yeah it's only now that we're beginning to see the full extent of this illness because okay the curve is slowing but the death rate is climbing because more people have had it for a longer amount of time so we're only now beginning to see the full effects of it so we still don't even know exactly quite how dangerous it is and it's better to be safe and it's, it's frustrating for me as an adult and as a parent, and I think it frustrates uh, Elena and Andrew as well. They're already talking about like reopening and they're talking about what they're going to do when when we start coming a little bit down. And I that worries me as a, you know, member of society. That worries me. That worries me. Yeah, because like in the middle, there's, there's going to be, if, if people just, yeah, if people just jump right back into going to, these big celebrations and and going to see each other and hanging out in big friend groups again there's going to be a second wave and it's yeah. going to be even worse because we have we like it's 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 like it's like when you lose your voice and then you get it back a little bit and you start talking again and then you lose like it's even worse the next time you lose it it's like that yeah. but it's going to affect a ton of people okay. and people are going to like unknowingly give it to people who are at risk to die from it and like that's yeah. that that's people just don't understand like the magnitude of it's not like once the quarantine ends the virus ends too like that's not how that works so you make a very good point and i think our minds are wired so it's very hard for humans to suddenly have to have different parameters to their lives when it's slow you know, we're pretty good at accommodating, but when it's really fast, we have a whole bunch. Of no, not real. Are we sure? You know, that kind of thing. And sometimes those are useful because sometimes we're being scammed by something and we need time to, you know, say no. But a, a pandemic is real. And I remember in childhood, one of the, the major story in my mother's side of the family was that two two girls, two young women had married two brothers. Two sisters married two brothers. One of Back those on. was my one of my one of those sisters was my grandmother and and the uh brother was my grandfather, you know. And during the nineteen nineteen and I don't I don't know whether it was in the eighteen or nineteen um uh, Spanish flu, my grandmother and my grandfather were fine, but my grandmother died and left a three-year-old boy. And they died like in three days. And so the little boy was raised by my great-grandparents who had had only nine children, so they were willing to take on a tenth. But you know, the family never forgot what that did to the family. And, and um, my grandmother was pregnant with my mother and claimed that um, she was very depressed during her pregnancy, which makes sense. Is anyone still there? Yeah, we're all here. I just lost yep. the feed for a while, so I kind of just came in on that conversation. Yeah. I've lost yeah, two I friends. A lot of I, I've lost two people that um acquaintances, friends, um, since I worked for years in the post office. Two of my customers have passed that I was kind of close to, and that's really something. And you knew it would edge closer to yeah. you, and of course it is. 
Um, and on the other hand, I've been social distancing since February um, because I kind of had people that know about this and are scientists that I knew, but my friends weren't. And that scares me. Um, and I still see people. I took a drive today and I, I saw people that weren't doing it. And um, it, it just, it, you know, it'll keep going. And that, that, that frightens me. So sorry, I lost the other part of the feed, but that was just a thought. Let's get, let's get back to the children and the young adults. Um, I do think that, for example, grandparents can play a bigger role than they may have thought they could. A lot of grandparents aren't, aren't seeing their grandkids like myself. But given Zoom and all these different platforms, grandparents could really take over, you know, even like an hour a day if, if families would work the families that can work together kind of thing and uh, give some relief and tell stories of their past, uh, read books aloud, um, engage in teaching kids some of the things they know how to do, whether it's how to knit or how to play chess or, you know, how to bake a certain type of, of cake. Um, really, they're full of wisdom and knowledge. And I don't think grandparents are being used enough to to help with this pandemic any response well i think that's if the grandparents live with them but i know that i have young friends that are in their early 20s that have a problem because their grandparents are in a rehab or a home that they can't visit and they don't have the technology to see them you know um but I think of when they live with you, yeah, and especially one thing that's great that kind of we did this week, my son and I, was to go through family pictures. Um, you know, I lost my mother in January, and I'm looking at all the albums she had. And looking at them together and looking through the past, you really feel history through this thing. You feel like we're make, we're in history right now. We're watching living history and paying attention to it. So as far as grandparents go, they can explain all the people in those pictures. And sometimes but you I wouldn't even know about them. Um, I don't think they have to live with you, Debbie, even if they just use something like Skype or Zoom or even uh, talk on their uh, their phone every day. Yeah, it's true. Doing, you know, um, because things are so, you know, when I was growing up, you never called long distance unless you were half dead or one, one a million dollars because it was. Yeah, it was expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now these services are virtually free. So, you know, I, I just think that even, uh, even aunts and uncles and cousins, uh, another idea I had is, you know, like having a cousin party once every other week on a Sunday for an hour. Right. too. It would give them a sense of family if everybody came in to Zoom and maybe have dessert uh, on a Sunday. It's true. One thing I've I've been talking to my friends in Europe and I have friend a friend in the Philippines. I've been talking internationally more than I was. Because it's interesting to get a perspective from the other countries of people living in them. I have friends in Belgium and Germany 
and France and one in the Philippines and talking to them about this worldwide thing has been very interesting. Yeah, me too. Actually, yeah. my international friends I've been more in touch with than my regular friends. Right. Definitely in Italy and in Ireland and comparing notes. And it's different because some of the families have small children and that's it's very different than my Italian relatives who are grown and don't have any kids at home. So totally different perspectives on what's going on internationally. You know what? I, I think what's happening is that for a lot of us, and then I want to hear what the, what the younger people have to say. It's like we're feeling a deeper need to stay in touch with people or get back in touch, at least see how somebody is. And it's like, we don't want oh and i think it is like when i went to camp when i was a kid and i don't know if others had this experience even if i went to a girl scout camp for a week there was a, a level of bonding that i i didn't feel once i was home it's like your your brain opens up differently under certain circumstances and i think that's what's happening to us we're we are going back to some of the deeper sense of connection, which uh, I'd like to know what Megan and Elena feel, but I feel it um, in some of the phone calls I'm making and places I'm checking with people. Um, Hello. No, I think that... I, I definitely agree with, with the I definitely agree with the wanting to um to reach out and be connected to people that uh maybe we took for granted a little bit before. Um my friends and I, we hung out all together one last time before we kinda went into a shutdown and it was it was actually it was pretty well before the shutdown, but we all we all knew that like things were going to start slowing down pretty soon. So we were like one last time, we're all healthy. Um there's like there haven't been any cases reported in our area so we're just gonna say hello and goodbye to each other one last time before we don't see each other for like more than a month probably um and so uh we all hung out we did our thing we played video games we didn't go anywhere else that night though because usually what we do is we'd go to a restaurant or something but we didn't want to take that risk so we just stayed at my friend's house and we played video games and we talked and we laughed and we did what we usually do. And then I drove home and we all went home and we haven't seen each other since. And we've tried to connect uh, with each other through like discord and, and um, like voice chats and uh, video chats and stuff like that. But it's, it's just, it's not the same. And like, we really, you really just miss that, that connection that you'd feel with everybody that you loved hanging out with so much. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Definitely in the same boat. I just miss seeing my friends every day because at college, you know, you live with those people. You see them every day. There's not like a minute or an hour that goes by that you're not like with one of your friends. So it's a lot different just being away from that. Uh, my college friends and my high school friends, we all like Zoom like every day or FaceTime or whatever. And yeah, it's really just not the same. It's kind of all that we can do, but it'll have to suffice for now till this all finally blows over. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah. I, I think none of us can wait. It's, it's uh, the sooner the better. But as uh, 
as Teresa said, uh, not too soon in the sense of any danger. I think as several of you mentioned, you know, nobody wants a second wave. And for those of us that are older, it, it's particularly scary. You know, uh, I'd rather wait than be sorry, to say the least. Um, we, what other um, remarks would you like to make around, or suggestions uh, or insight around kids and teens and young adults uh, or any other ramifications you see? And um, What about dating? What about um, worrying about your future? Uh, um, what other issues is there anything else that's become more highlighted? Um, thinking. <laughs> yeah. I guess you know, I, was, um, I was just going to add one thing. I think, you know, with kids that do, who are dating, I know in our culture, I, there may be less steady dating than when I was growing up, and it's more groups, but um, it's hard not to have sort of sense of connection that comes with um, feeling uh, that you're part of a crowd or you have somebody special. And, you know, even when you're at the party, he's putting his arm around you or something, you know, it's special and none of that can happen. So it's, it's isolating. Yeah, I know a lot of my friends are doing their best to make do. Um, my friend FaceTimed her boyfriend and they made the lights in the room the same color to make it feel like they were in the same room. It was really cute. Um, but yeah, everyone's just making do. You know, all my friends and their boyfriends or girlfriends, you know, they miss each other. They can't really see each other, but it was really just doing the best you can and making do with what you have. Yeah. Uh, I, have a question for the, I have a question for the girls. Uh, the two girls... Uh, how do you feel about the future? Do you feel hopeful about it or you feel scared about it? Not the near future, but the distant future. How do you feel about the future in, a, in this country? How do you um, feel? I, I mean, I feel like right now, because not even the, the near future seems very predictable at all. Um, I really kind of have no idea what's going to happen in the far future, um, like the distant future. Uh, I'm hoping things will get better. I'm kind of refusing to fall into a little rut of despair because that's not really the best place to be right now, especially when you can't do anything about it. Um, right. I'm going to try to keep optimistic about that. I feel like there's a lot of good things waiting for everybody after this is all over. And um, even if the distant future holds more i guess uh problems for us i there's always going to be more good too so yeah i'm trying pretty to much in the same boat. <laughs> yeah pretty much in the same boat like hopeful for the future and so a little scared because it can be unpredictable but considering something like this that we've lived through we know that we can come out of it stronger and it'll just make us better able to deal with any other problems that come to us in the future and i feel like um being kind of isolated, everyone at home just makes you um, do a lot of self-reflection too. Like for me, I've been thinking about like my major and like the stuff I'm doing in college. I'm like, you know, what do I want to do? Um, it's just a whole complex thing, but the best thing to do is just kind of 
give things time and see how they roll out and just stay hopeful in what you're doing to the best of your ability and just make do ultimately of what you have and just keep your spirits high. Mm-hmm. Well, I think as we draw to a close, one thing that you, you're all saying on and off in different words is to stay connected, you know, and stay connected as best you can. If it's not a physical hug with a friend, then it's sitting in the back of your car and, you know, in the circle and it's, it's eating lunch together, you know, or it's, or it's talking to somebody on the phone or whatever it is. There is, um, there's a lifeline in giving love and receiving love. And I don't mean being in love, but love is a more generic term of comfort and connection and feeling human and feeling a human connection to other humans and, you know, all of that. And um, what I want to do to draw to a close is um, I would really like to play the little film that that um, I produced. I didn't produce it. I I created it, and Frank Nuzzi put it to help me put it together. Um, that. Megan ended up the star, even though Megan, you never even knew I was doing it until I had done it, because I pulled a lot of little um, one episode where you talk, and then we pulled a lot of um, stills to really make the film that where you play different parts. But the film itself, because it has this beautiful song over it that. Um, Debbie, you can help me. Give give me. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's like a cohesive thing of an uplifting feeling uh, for humanity through one for the girl. The girl is the center of this, which is Megan is the star, and how in in essence there's an uplifting feeling through this whole thing on the future, and that's what the film's about. Yes, I wanted. To- Wayne Olivetti, who did the um, actual music, and I wrote the lyrics. So if we could play that film now, and then just go around, Robin, if anybody has a last word of wisdom or a little pearl of hope or something to say, um, we'll be done. And um, I hope that the next time I do my Enchanted Self podcast that um, I can be seen (laughs) as well as being heard, but um, I think we offered something that's meaningful and um, and thank you. And let's uh, go ahead. Ming, can we play the film? Absolutely. Here we go. Okay. I've been feeling really down lately. My mom's been focused on my baby sister and my little brother, and my dad's been working really hard lately. And I'm just not happy with all the stuff that's been going on around me, and I have no control over it. And there's just so much more dangerous, like, awful stuff just going on, and I I can't change any of it. And there's no one I can talk to about this, because my mom and dad are unavailable, and I really only have you. Truth change and still remain 
lives are touched and then retouched beyond the veil the future lies full and inviting uncertain yet beckoning and even I have the strength to open my heart and my arms to the sky and sing out hallelujah 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 For those of you like me who can't see what's going on, the film ends with the girl being hugged by her mother and father and her little brother. And I think that's the core message that I'd like to leave you with is hug whoever you're allowed to hug and virtually hug and feel love toward everyone else. And just in closing, uh, it just shows how human contact is so important. And when this is all over, we're going to probably be so much closer and never, never wait to tell someone you love them or be kind to them. That's how I feel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, Debbie. Anyone else have a pearl of wisdom? Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. You first. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think that the most important thing to do right now is to remember what is waiting for you after this is all over um, and to keep that in mind uh, and just to think about how good it's going to feel when you can hug those people again or even just like high five or something like joke about how oh, you made it out alive like it's it'll just like Things things will kind of get their color back once this is all over, I think, for a lot of people. For sure. And even with the little that we've got right now in comparison to what we did, there's still a lot of color left in the things that we have. Yeah. Don't go out if you don't have to. And I will never take for granted supermarketing again, I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, did Debbie? Uh, did Teresa say anything uh, at the end? She, she has to right now. She's on the spot. Okay. Um, so yeah, I I actually am optimistic, but a part of me does worry um, how this is going to change our cultural frame um, entirely, if at all. It could have huge ramifications. It could have minor ramifications. Um, I do think about that. That I'm home. I can ponder it uh, for me and for my kids. So we'll just have to wait and see and hope those mm-hmm. colors burst. I really like that, that sense of yeah. color that Megan yeah. Keep the coloring and the, and the love and the connection going. And you won't have to worry as much later, Teresa, I think. 
Well, and, and good deeds. It never hurts to collect good deeds. Yes, it makes a difference for the universe and it comes back to us. So we're going to sign off. You can always find me, Dr. Barbara Holstein at EnchantedSelf.com. The little film is on the front page of that website. You're free to take it and pass it along. And um, my guests were great. You put up uh, with waiting for me, and, and I think we did a beautiful show. And thank you. And um See everybody for real, I hope, next time. Bye for now.